Tastes like strawberries on a summer evening And it sounds just like a song I want more berries and that summer feeling It's so wonderful and warm Breathe me in, breathe me out I don't know if I could I ever vibe. go without <laughs> song, This song's a vibe Vibe think this is the song of the summer there was ever a question i could answer more yes to it'd be that like track hell to the yeah it's a a vibe is what the kids are saying nowadays it's groovy that's yeah it's a tasty lick (laughs) (laughs) i think that i don't i don't know how i don't know when he put that out i think i first heard it on he had a new album in the, in like the, back in like February, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's really early in the year. Yeah, yeah, maybe January. Because remember hearing it, I think I first heard it on on uh, Jimmy Fallon's show. Yeah, it's a new, it's a newer, it's a newer album. I like that one better than uh, the, his other one called "Adore You." I think it's "Adore You" is good, but I like the, I like that one better. That, that, that one's that it's, one's a, ba- it's a it's a vibe. As the kids would say, it's a banger song. No, a they're saying it's a vibe now. Oh, it's it's I'm past, I missed I missed the yeah, banger. That's a new thing. Yeah, it's the vibe now. Okay. It's a vibe. You were vibing hard there while we were listening it's to it. It's a vibe, dude. I pretty, like vibing. It's pretty good. I've been having like some really good like summer vibes lately with my tunes. <laughs> yeah. It's been sweet, man. Just like cruising like I cruise with my windows down now with summer oh, folk really? and just freaking blast tunes and vibe. <laughs> <laughs> um well, so it's episode sixty nine. Nice. 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 Of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. <laughs> I'm Ted. Ted Stoven. He's Wacy. Wacy Anderson. We're the guys from the show. Okay. This is our 69th episode. Sixty-nine. I have a funny story about the nice. number 69. Uh, oh, okay. This may not know the direction you're thinking, but anyways. Um, cool. Former <laughs> co-host of the show, Preston. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody on loves our, his voice. On our so uh, we, special shows, the Bachelor the, Yeah, special, special shows. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when we first met, we were kind of exchanging conduct information. He wanted to get me on this email list for a hockey team. Yeah. And this is probably like within the th- first two weeks that we had exchanged numbers. Yeah. And he's like, hey, what's your email? I was like, I kind of, I was going to like send my actual email, but I was like, okay, I'm going to fuck with this guy. <laughs> I, I was like, it's uh, And this is how you became best friends. Yeah, it's pussyslayer underscore 69 <laughs> at hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> and he like, I didn't hear from him. I didn't, he didn't, and he was at work, so I didn't hear from him for like a couple hours. And then he like texted me back. He's like, are you serious? <laughs> like, Do you have another email you can send me? I was like, no, man, that's it. <laughs> and then uh, whatever. Time went on and I actually told him that there was a... One of my, oh better, my God. one of my better pranks, because <laughs> like you always like you always have your like your when you were young you just made those stupid emails oh and like God. it usually involved number sixty nine. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> well, it was funny. It's funny because like, you didn't know me yet too either. So yeah, just like not you, very well. Then, how do you like? Yeah, how do you like yeah. interpret that? It's so. And he it wouldn't was, take that very funnily with with from a guy he doesn't know that well. Like, yeah, now exactly. He, it works out. Like now you guys are best friends, but like yeah. before he was like, "Who the fuck he is had, this yeah, guy?" He, yeah, like I said, he didn't answer me for a few hours, and like once it like, got out as a joke, he like had some respect for it. But it was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Gain my breath here. <laughs> I think one of my funniest, the funniest uses of the number 69, I've, there, there's two that come to mind. The one that I, I think is hilarious is 
is the like Stevie Danger, whatever the guy's name is. Oh, uh, Denim Danger. Denim Danger, yeah, that uh, guy, and he like puts the sixty nine on his with his hands. Yeah, Larry Enticer. Larry Enticer. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a funny use of the Just six nine. Send. Are you guys silly? I'm still gonna send it. <laughs> so, so the, I, I, that one comes to mind, and then the other one that comes to mind is is I was on the phone with Shaw one day, and I don't know if somebody was pranking me with this or if I pranked myself, <laughs> but they were asking what the code was for my account, and I was like. I, I just assumed it was a certain number, right? And then he's like, no, it's repeating digits. And I'm like, what the fuck would it be? And he's like, it's 6969. Six, <laughs> we were like, and I was like, oh, sorry about that. It brings up another. That brings up a, that, <laughs> Are I, you the one that pranked me with that? No, no. It just brings up oh, another fuck. funny story. So when I moved into my apartment downtown, I was yeah. like, kind of like the first couple of weeks, just getting things sorted out. And yeah. I was meeting with the building manager. Her name's Marilyn. She's an older lady, like super yeah. nice, like just whatever yeah and so i'm like sitting in her office i was like i'd like to get some underground parking if they have a spot and she's like oh yeah we can do that for sure and she's like looking and she's like um looks like we have a uh, spot number 69 open for you <laughs> like would that be okay and i'm just like that's perfect <laughs> so now my parking spots parking spot 69 oh really yeah good times <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I don't know of anything else that comes to mind right now. The or one, one the thing that Goon does a good job of using that number sixty nine. Isn't it Glatt's number? Doug Glatt, yeah, because when he does the trial and they like he like beats up the one guy on the team, or mm-hmm. I think maybe every guy on the team. <laughs> and then the guy from the trial is like, "Pick sixty nine. It's hilarious." <laughs> <laughs> Which is that's uh, Jay Baruchel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the other one that's funny is that we had the, the we still have the cash box for the Ty Posmon oh, Foundation. Yeah. And it, <laughs> the code for it, when I first put it in, was 069. That was pretty good. And then I thought somebody else had to use it, and I felt embarrassed by <laughs> telling them that was the code, so I changed it quick to O something else. I got scared of it. I got scared. 70, like, I, I think it's 079 now. pass this away. You don't tell people the code for the cash box on the podcast. <laughs> Take it. Now I got to change it again. Jeez. Yeah, I totally feel good stealing from a charity. People do that. How it's how crappy bags. is like it? Like the people taking the poppy boxes at, in November, like Remembrance yeah. Day. Like that's such garbage. People. Oh gosh. Okay. So <laughs> that was that was good. So here we are. It's episode sixty nine. Still COVID life. Yeah. Big guest coming in. This is like month four of COVID. Like fifteenth. Yeah. Because basically hockey. Honestly, got shut down dude, I don't even know what day it is ever. I'm just kind of living now. You know, we're kind of past the COVID part. We're just kind of like, yeah, we'll just wash our hands more and. Be a little careful, but so in saying that, then what's the one like COVID regulation that's been instilled you hope sticks around once things kind of get back to quote unquote normal? I've never been much of a rules guy, but I do like my space, so I'm okay with having some more space once in a while. And some people from flying, I think that's okay too. So we have a little less flights, or maybe there's can be more space on flights. I'm willing to pay more to have more space on a flight, maybe so. I don't, I don't know. What about I've, you? I've enjoyed like the social distancing, like in stores, like not having people breathing down your neck and stuff. Oh, your ba- and even, your even like a lot of the bars that I've been to, like them at 50% is fine with me. Like yeah. going to one night stands or Rosen Crown, like it's, I know it's probably not as good for the business, but as a consumer, it's like not, you're not packed in like on sardines. Like so like one yeah. night stands still seems like it's full at 50% or whatever they have it at. Like, huh. I don't know. And even like I was up on at craft of their new 300 person patio they built and it was at 50% capacity is still super full. And uh, to me, like imagine mm-hmm. like trying to imagine 300 people up there is hard at this point. So yeah, something like that. I hope that sticks around. What's been your best purchase of the COVID? Well, I'm COVID sure as life? most people in my close circle know it's my bike. 
It's my I've bike. Been riding, riding the hell out of that. It's been good, actually. You're going to go on a big bike trip. I guess it'll be over by the time this comes out, but going out to Kelowna <laughs> to do some biking and stuff. So no, yeah. it's been sweet, man. It's super fun. Like that's the most money I've ever spent on a pedal bike in my life. But thanks. I've thanks Trudeau. A Serb check, Serb bike. But I de- I've gotten like the amount of money worth of entertainment in it. Like I took it out on Sunday, went for a rip in Bread Creek. And even like living in Calgary, I have so much access to good mountain biking. Like I can rip out to Bra- West Bragg or Moose Mountain. 45, 50 minutes. And it's a good way to get outside. Bike, what about your worst purchase? Well, again, as, my, as some of you may know, I was on track for TikTok fame. Yeah. So it's kind of when I was still like cooped up and I didn't really have anything else to do. This is actually before I got my bike. I ended up purchasing a ring light off Amazon. Like that's like what the girls like on Instagram use. Well, right? honestly though, like if you're doing any type of like video with your front facing camera, you should have a ring light. It, just the lighting's way better. Storm, do you have a ring light? But you should buy like, Oasis. <laughs> it, it's it's actually it's crazy how much of a difference it makes really yeah and even like taking photos it really helps too like it it's legit really but i mostly like i mostly bought it as a phone holder because like, mm-hmm. it's hard like being on your own trying to film tiktoks yeah so that's i look at this p- very point in my life it's the worst but maybe down the road i could find some use for it but i don't see myself making any tiktoks soon <laughs> kind of sad because i have a lot of ideas but anyways well, i don't want to go into that because Fair enough. How about you, man? What's your favorite COVID purchase? Mine, uh, I would have to say probably, it's probably going to be the Xbox. It's been like kind of a nice world to get into during the COVID since I've been home. Gaming's so fun, man. I kind of, I've, ha- I've enjoyed, like I, like you said, I enjoy the social aspect of yeah. it. I always thought you were full of shit when you said that, but it's kind of, it's kind of It's fun. legit. Kinda yeah, like, for sure, man. And it's like. I've, got a lot, I've had a lot of catching up to do. Hmm. Well, it's fun. It's just like, yeah, something that you, because you were really reluctant into getting into it. Oh, man, you. Like, yeah, I had no fucking clue how to mm-hmm. do that stuff at all. So I've enjoyed that. I also bought a nice knife from Knifeware. A nice, that's been cool. I wonder when, to, when I'll reach the stuff. point in my also, life where I'm pumped about buying a knife. We also did uh, some masterclass. <laughs> we did masterclass. That's been kind of cool. There's been a lot of good stuff on there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then uh, the worst one would probably be a couple Game Boy games I bought. I spent like 20 bucks and bought. Some old Game Boy games. Was really I even good games? Was cleaning out my stuff and found them. Yeah, I found like one of the Super Mario Bros. And like, yeah. Those Game Boy novelties wear off real fast. Oh, man. Those games kind of suck now. Yeah. So, well, after you rip some COD or something, you oh, make God. good graphics it's just now. It's not even. It's a battle. Not even close. So, well, I guess, well, I guess uh, we're going to call it off on the top end of the show here. But uh, this would have been the wrap up show for the Calgary Stampede, but it was canceled. So. That sucks. That sucks. But <laughs> um, yeah, another uh, going in before our interview here for the show. It's uh, again, once again, we got a great guest coming up. But it's going to send this one out. Uh, one of the greatest composers of all time in the music business, and you know, Morricone, going to finish it off here before no. he passed away. Yeah. Okay. This is one of his one of his creations: the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. Yeah, and he he passed away this last week. Okay. So that's going to feel like a dickhead, but that. that's fine. What? I feel like a dickhead now, but that's you fine. Do? Yeah, because I'm going to chirp that? you about playing composer music. Some of the great, like, this is some of the greatest songs of all time, right? This one, The Ecstasy of Gold, he's got a lot of pretty well, incredible I mean, pieces of music. In your opinion, I wouldn't agree that those are the greatest songs of all time. Well, I, I, I mean, it wouldn't, maybe you wouldn't say greatest songs, but like some of the most iconic movie. Okay, I can, I can deal with that. That's legit. That's like, it's iconic it's movie. Like the, it's like the Imperial March in Star Wars. That's like some. This one's really cool, The Ecstasy of Gold. We use this one at events, the Metallica version that they covered. 
Well, midway through episode 69 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacey. Are you going to laugh every time I say that, you think? How can you not? <laughs> 69. Nice. We're grown men. <laughs> so, it's episode 69, and our guest today is a four-time PBR World Finals qualifier, 2015 PBR Canadian champion, former Canadian Finals rodeo aggregate champion, He's got three event wins on the PBR's elite level, more than anyone else in Canadian history. Has the top finish ever from by a Canadian in the PBR's world standings. In 2015, he was number eight in the world. And in 2019, he transitioned his career from, in, from riding the bull to fighting the bull and was selected to the 2019 Canadian PBR Finals from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, Tannerburn. Damn, there's the, there's the, uh, the sheepdogs for Tanner. Yeah, just sending it into it didn't, 69. It didn't uh, it didn't hit the right time, though. I was looking, waiting for... Ta- it was supposed to say Tanner Burn, then feeling good. Mm. <laughs> Tanner Burn! <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. I thought that was a pretty good intro, Ted. <laughs> I thought that was a good job. Oh, Walking away at him. Thanks. That was flattering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thought you'd, uh, thought you'd appreciate that. Like a short <laughs> novel of a intro. I pretty much made that up. Short like, story. I made that up exactly before uh, before I called you. That was what I was. That was the hold up, Tanner. So sorry. I had to write oh, your viral. That's great plan. That's great plan. Just yeah. doing research. I know how it goes. Yeah, yeah, man. So, uh, so here we are. It's the global pandemic. Uh, how you doing? What's going on? Yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, global pandemic. The whole world seems to be. Completely upside down, but we're rolling on and uh, getting by, doing what it takes. It's been uh, insane, staying busy at home, uh, you know, ranching and putting up some fence, and uh, just doing a whole bunch of different stuff that uh, keeps the guy busy. He doesn't have time to do when he's on the trail or we're gone, you know, the border ends all the time at rodeo. So uh, I got lots done around the house, and uh, been spending tons of time. Um, with my little ones, my two little girls, so that's been really great because uh, I got a one-year-old and a four-year-old, Layla and Ruby, and they seem to to change every day. So that's been nice getting to be a part of that twenty-four-seven. Uh, and yeah, just just rolling along, man, just living life, trying to uh, ride out the tidal wave that's kind of hit us all. Well, and this this kind of scenario has let you invest some more time into the bucking bull side of things for you. Why don't you talk about the flying four bucking bulls a little bit? Yeah, that's another thing. I guess I forgot. We've been busy, um, obviously working a lot with with the bulls, and um, it's kind of kind of terrible. You know, obviously it's terrible for everybody right now. But I uh, got probably one of the best kind of bulls that we've ever had in the history um, of our history. You know, depth. Um, that was ready to hit the trail this year, and you know, with the ABBI Classic competitions and, and maturity competitions, um, I had a bunch of really, really good ones that that I had high hopes for this year. That you know, it's kind of a they're only four year olds and two year olds once, so uh, if you don't get to compete with them that year, you kind of you know totally lose their their earning years. So um, that's kind of the downside, but it's been good, um, you know, getting everything um, tuned up and. Uh, getting lots of trips on stuff at home. There's lots of young guys um, around here. Once it opened up, that you could have you know at least ten people and everything kind of um, relaxed a little bit um, with the amount of people that could be around. We've had some some bucking sessions, and uh, you know we've been making some different videos and, and promo stuff for uh, 
for some riders and for bulls and um, bullfighters and yeah, just trying to you know kind of think outside the box on you know there's nothing really that's normal anymore. So kind of do what's what's not normal and then see if there's a way to to keep things uh, going and get some momentum back and you know make sure everybody's ready to roll once it's uh, time to go again. Well, have you guys uh, dabbled in any of those video fraturities yet, or is that kind of something you're look looking forward to, maybe? Or yeah, definitely, it's cool. Like, I mean, that's a good way I feel like to go about it because it, it kind of opens the field for everybody. You could have anybody across Canada. You know, if the event's in Calgary, you're not going to get somebody from say Manitoba or, or people got bulls out in Ontario and stuff like that. It's, you're not going to haul them bulls all across the country to, to try to go, and it kind of. I think if it would catch on, it opens up to everybody just being able to do it in their backyard, and you get a lot more entries and a lot more prize money. I think in the in the mix of it, and um, there's some guys that worry about like they they could you know the, do the cheating side of it, like buck your bowl more than once until he's good, or you know stuff like that. But in my opinion, I mean, you know, if you're bucking your dummy fraturity bowl more than once in a day, you're probably just going to wreck him anyway, you know. So do whatever you want. You know, I don't think that I don't think there is a there's a way to, to cheat or do anything bad with with that way of doing it. But we entered the one we placed in placed in it um, that Foley James Foley put on, uh, and then the second one entries were the week of, and we had a ton of rain, and my pen gets really mucky, so we didn't enter that one. But yeah, I know I'm open to trying to win money every chance I get, and that seems to be the only way to do it with the bulls right now. So I'm all for it. Uh, well, one thing you got on the go is uh, bull riding coming up on the 16th at, at the house there, the day after the show's coming out. The one thing that has been keeping me really busy right now and um, has been um, just planning this, this bull riding and, and trying to follow all the guidelines and um, regulations that are set out by our governments and, um, you know, and, and just trying to make sure uh, that I'm doing it right and, and making sure that it's right for the riders and for everybody involved. And, you know, obviously everybody's safety is first and foremost so that's kind of what's uh what's been going into to what i'm doing i've i got a little bull riding pen right in my house here and we got the flying four bucking bulls so i, I kind of got everything the guy needs to put on events and then this time off has gave me a, a chance to kind of just take that to the next level and, and go out there and see if there's some companies interested and in, in, uh you know checking it out and um uh, doing kind of just a corporate uh executive event uh for you know selling some vip tables um you know kind of like a calgary convention rodeo uh type of thing so uh bringing in that's how i can raise some prize money for the riders so that you know you get some good riders out that are wanting to come and win money right now and and um, get the bulls bucked and you know kind of a win-win for everybody involved in my opinion whether it be sponsors or riders or contractors or bullfighters, you know, everybody, everybody kind of needs a job right now. And, uh, if I can get her to roll it, I think it could be a, a good deal for everybody involved. So it's been, uh, it's been fun. It's kind of like planning the type Osborne foundation, uh, banquet there last year. That There's a lot, a lot of work that goes into, you know, as you guys know, right. It goes into, uh, planning an event. It doesn't just happen overnight. So, Tons of work, um, but I think it's going to be a pretty cool, a cool deal for for everybody involved. Well, we wish you the best with that, Tanner, and uh, and hopefully it goes kick ass, and you can have a couple more before we uh, get back to some events going on here. But uh, um, 
You mentioned that we've known each other forever, and that's not entirely true because I met you at the Canadian High School Finals in uh, in 2007 in Medicine Hat. Um, the first night, <laughs> the first night you stomped some little. It was like some tiny little bull, wasn't it? That was like three feet off the ground, and you just. It was the first time. Yeah, they all tanner. look small. Yeah, they're the all small spot. back that back then yeah. for Tanner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, forever for Tanner, they're all small. But I remember that. I remember. Uh, you were there and you were, I think you rode some bull and you spurred him down for like 80. That was the first time I really met you in person. Cause I'd seen you before. Cause you were a year or two younger than me and you won Calgary in the steer riding in like, Oh, five or six. Uh, one of them years, yeah. Then, yeah. So what, so you won Calgary there, but I, I didn't meet you till that year, but I remember hanging out with you guys. And for some crazy reason, we were all hanging out in, was it Coda's thing or something? Or what was it? <laughs> Yeah, I guarantee you, man. That was, that, that was our uh, high school career, man. Just <laughs> hang out and hide in the motorhome and as many beers as you could without getting caught and kicked out yeah. and being in trouble. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember we were in the hat. I think uh, Todd Pat was there that year. Cosborn was there. It yeah. was pretty good. So, Tyrell Larson, I think, ended up winning it. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, so it was a pretty solid crew of uh, Canadian talent. That was that was all there. I remember, and yeah, we. I don't know why you mustn't have had any friends in your own. <laughs> you had to come and hang out with all those Saskatchewan guys. But yeah, I remember we all were hanging out. And you rode some big blue bull over like '85. Made a good bull out. I remember. Yeah, blue by you. Was like, oh, I was just dead stone and Jesus, he's gonna be ninety in Jasper one year. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, it's funny. It's I. I had a hard time. I was giggling to myself here because I wrote down some that I remembered from that weekend. Because you had a fucking blow up doll, and this is episode sixty nine, so it kind of comes back, and you had the fucking. I think that was. I think that was just a part of the the camp, right? I think that was just a decoration. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not claiming that one for myself. <laughs> I just remember the blow. I remember the blow up doll and fucking and Tanner Byrne, big ginger kid from Saskatchewan, and then and then Coda, because remember Coda was pretty pretty hammered up that that weekend too having a good Sounds time about right i think caddy was there too and maybe uh ronnie like i don't know that was a yeah, lot, we yeah. had a lot of fun yeah yeah cool, cool man me caddy and ronnie and uh go to cash we used to hit the trail man four of us we were old all through the sask high school and cjs and yeah frick man we had a bunch of good times yeah yeah that was a lot of fun that de- that deal and then i because that was canadian so that was just kind of like a year-end thing it was the end of always a shit show at quite the time, we're all like, yeah, 16, 17, just wanted to get hammered up. Had quite the time, but yeah. Yeah, I know. I never um, did go down to, to Nationals. I always I always was trying to win money in the CCA rodeos. I never thought that I had time to go do that. Did yeah. you ever go down one? I went to Nationals once, and I went to Silver State a time or two oh, as yeah. well. They, they, they were a lot of fun. It was good to go, but yeah, for you, like you were winning, you were probably making 10 or 15 or 20 grand a year in the CCAs and the dubs back then, like you were 17 when winning at the dubs too. Like that oh, was yeah. the deal. Straight dub and took a world title one year even. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one the one year you made the CCA finals in the bull riding and junior bull riding the same year. And that was that was a tough yeah. year to make it in the bull riding. Yeah, that was. I don't know what year that was. I think it was, it was yeah, 08. It was my first year. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember doing that. That was always good times. I always seem to. I remember going that year and I'd always like smash at a hockey bull ride and a junior bull ride and I'd be like 83 or 84 and get bucked off in the bull ride. I'm like, damn, if I'd have had that one in the bull ride, I would have won a lot more money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Though, I remember the one time, 
that I made both of the like the finals in both events. They made me pick one, and I had to pick one or the other. It kind of sucked. It was like the Lakeland or something. They made you pick. Another oh, stupid dang. amateur rule. Fun, fun stuff <laughs> on why rodeo's doing so great because they have sweet rules and everything. <laughs> um, okay, so that was kind of high school. Do we want to? Do you want to get into the family side of things at all? Like we can talk about your family for the whole show if you wanted to too. But like your 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 dad is Ryan Byrne, uh, NFR, the first Canadian to fight bulls at the NFR. Uh, your brother Jesse is arguably the best bullfighter on the whole planet. Brother Bo Byrne is also a bullfighter, and you were kind of the lone bull rider, really there for a while. But now you joined the uh, well, cousin Scott too. But now you've joined the the bullfighting ranks now too for for uh, the, this last season, 2019, and continued down this year. Yeah, you know, you knowing me um, for so long and being close, you probably always knew that that was coming. And there was a lot of guys that that knew it was coming for a lot of years. I always bugged. Um, Brett Monet that you know that I was coming and um, Scotty Way all them guys right there like you know everybody around me knew that I had that bullfighting gene in me and, and whenever we'd be at practice bands or anywhere I was more into the bullfighting side of it than getting on practice bulls uh, you know I was just I had a lot of success at riding bulls and I had an act for it so I definitely wanted to win as much money as I could and stuck with it and got to the point where I figured uh, if I don't make the switch now I'm never going to do it right and as you know me i've always tried to follow the goals and shit that i've had so um it just was time man and couldn't have came at a better time i was you know i was healthy and um still 27 years old and you know i wasn't old or not old uh past my prime you know lots of guys don't even start to hit their prime in the bull riding world till you're 25 26 so i feel like i was right where i needed to be and made the switch and yeah i was just it's been rolling since and learning every day and um, just, yeah, happy with, with how it's going so far. And it, yeah, it just kind of refreshed me in the whole sport. You know, I've started to like bull riding again and I've uh, got that drive again to go to anywhere that I could, you know, just to do my job like I did when I was an 18 year old bull rider. So it's been great. It's been fun. And, you know, I, there's little events around the house that I'll go to and um, just, that you know, you never would have seen me riding at 100, percent right? It's just a whole new game, and I just like to do it every day and learn as much as I can every day. And, um, it's fun. You, uh, you kind of, I want to say, like you rode bulls for so long, it was almost kind of like you were at the end of your bull riding career. And 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 talking about that, you were on our list of the top 10 greatest bull riders ever from Canada, and you like you finished at 27. You you know, with those three event wins, nobody else has had more than one. Uh, you had the top finish ever by the Canadian, like I like I mentioned in the opening. But like, like you you could have done a lot more in the bull riding side of things. But you were kind of like honestly, you had more you wanted to do, and and you you know you're you're kind of done. You were almost like sick of it. It wasn't working for you anymore, really, right? Like like that was kind of what probably instigated the change as well a little bit, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you look at it, I was still on tour when I when I stopped. Right, like so I stopped over the summer break. I was right on the bubble and kind of fighting it back and forth, but. Um, still riding at the the highest level, so and I liked that. It wasn't like I I lost the step, and um, that's why I was switching it up. You know, it was just straight up. I just was I was done riding bulls, and I talked to my wife and uh, with our kids, and um, it was just you know it was just done, and I, it was kind of like you know beating your head against the wall of why you keep doing it when you 
been wanting to do this other thing and it's just it's it's hard man you know how it is when you try to step out and do something new and um but it was it was just like it's time so went for it and you know there's a lot of i took a lot of shit and a lot of flack over uh becoming a bullfighter too because it's kind of the human nature that when somebody um tries to do something it everybody likes to to shit on it or try to bring a guy down in a way you know so uh, there was a lot of uh, stuff that I had to go through just coming into the bullfighting world, and it was uh, very political. And it was, you know, it still is. There's still everybody likes to talk and and say what they want. But my opinion on it was just go and, and uh, do the best that I can, and and not worry about um, the talk and the haters, and just do my job. And uh, I think it shows in the arena. Uh, every time when I step in there that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to keep the guys safe. And I think they know that too. So um, there's, there's only so much you can take away from a person when he goes out there and does the job the way he's supposed to. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a road. It's, it's been fun. It's uh, something that I'm really enjoying and I uh, loved every minute of my bull riding career and, and getting to go to the places that I got to go. And um, yeah, I just, I like to try different things and, and take on different tasks uh, that's what I'm doing now. When you mentioned that you're, you've been working events that you would never would have saw yourself riding at, has it been hard to like essentially start from scratch and work your way back up the ladder <clears throat> in a sense? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I never thought I'd be um, competing or doing a job in uh, Whitewood, Saskatchewan, again, at the CCA Rodeo, you know, going from uh, New York City or AT&T Stadium. You know, there's nothing against um, anything or any place like that. It's just, you know, when you're in a certain part of your career and you worked your way to get to the highest level, um, you know, it's just like hockey or any other sport, right? You just keep working your way up, and that's what I did. But I love every minute of going to – I went to some C-series last year with the Whitewood, uh, Wayburn, and um, a couple other ones. And uh, if, if – I mean, if I didn't love what I was doing – um, it probably wouldn't have been as much fun, but man, I loved it. I had, I had tons of fun and, and just, you know, um, no pressure, just learning and, and doing my job and slowing it down. And, uh, I think it really helped me to, to be able to then go back to the, to the PBRs in Canada and, and really hone my skills and, and then, you know, show the guys that I, uh, I was ready to go and then, you know, get, get the Canada finals and all that sort of stuff. But, it all comes from working and, and paying your dues. And uh, um, that's kind of, you know, as much as people say I didn't pay my dues in the bullfighting world, I've, I've paid my dues my, you know, my whole life from grinding it out and working my way to where I got to be and, and uh, living the, the bull riding and rodeo life since day one, you know. So it's not like I'm new to this world or new to the game. And, and uh, I think that shows out there. Well, when you went back to the CCA, had anything changed since you left? <laughs> yeah, all my friends are gone. <laughs> it's a bunch of kids, man. It's That's the tough part. <laughs> yes, guys. Yes. Yeah. No, but it was good. I got to, you know, I made some, meet a, you know, a bunch of people and, and, uh, you know, like the, like the, uh, roping and, and, uh, like timed event side of it. It's, it's all the, the same crew and then people that I, you know, connect with on the internet and stuff. But I haven't seen a person in a long time and, yeah, it was it was fun, man. I mean, shit, it's a great bunch of people. Um, you know, can't say nothing 
about the association itself and rodeo itself. It's just a good bunch and a good group of people. That uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's one of those one of those deals where, uh, like I said, you just you work your way up all the time and, and go and go and go to get to the highest level. And uh, so you feel weird when you go back to where you started. Um, but yeah, my my kids had a good time. There was players and whatnot and all around. Yeah, we had we had a blast. That day, well, and it must be fun to go back and work with guys like Ronnie Delarue and Logan Kylie, like some guys who have been your closest friends for a long time, and now you get to kind of go back to those days and fight bulls with them. That must be a pretty cool deal. Oh yeah, man! Like, uh, you know, we were all riding together all all through those years, and um, I never did get to fight with Ronnie last year at all. But uh, he gave me a few jobs um, at some of the CCRDs that he couldn't go to, and. Uh, same as Caddy, he gave me a few that I, that he couldn't go to, and then I got to fight Herbert. Me and Caddy got to fight together, uh, and that was a three dayer. Uh, so we had brought the campers and started to go to Peterson's wedding and rolled right from his wedding to the to the to Herbert for three days in the sun, and yeah, it was tons of fun. And you know, all those guys are are good at their jobs. So when you're working with somebody that that uh, can fight both good, it makes your job that much easier, and everybody flows to get together. Me and Caddy have been having tons of fun doing a bunch of stuff together at my house and well, like some PBR Canada events and just everywhere that, that we can get to go um, together. We we seem to uh, to gel good together, work good together. So um, yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal bullfighter that I that I like to work with as much as I can. And there's so many, you know, the guys that that you work with. Everybody is is different and has their own. Um, skill set but you know you learn to, to work together and gel together it's always i haven't been in the arena with anybody that i haven't had fun with or there has been negative um in any means you know during the during the bull rides or, or anything like that it's always just it's kind of fun it's kind of a team aspect and you and your partner you get fired up and pumped up and and uh, work together to, to make sure everybody's safe but you don't get much better than that tanner i want to talk about some of your favorite memories from the road uh, where would you start? What would be some of the one of the favorite stories or some of the funniest shit that happened with Ty? Or oh man, I have no idea. You got on the spot on that one. There's been uh, you can attest to it. There's been some good times. There's been some wild times. There's been some crazy times. And uh, oh man, I don't know. The, the, my fun is now looking back that I've finished was just uh, the camaraderie of just, you know, you're young and you don't give a damn about anything or anyone other than the next bull you're going to get on, you know? So like me and Ty, and, you know, you and just, you know, you watch all those yellow new videos of us just doing dumb shit all the time <laughs> uh, on camera for everybody to see for the rest of their lives. You know, it's like, it's, you know, on one hand, it's like, oh, man, what were we thinking? But on the other hand, it's like, oh, coolest memories ever, man. And, and uh, you know, now that we lost Ty and all the crazy stories and videos and all that sort of stuff that, that's out there, like, that's that's the stuff that, that now, luckily, we have forever and we'll have those memories forever. But, yeah, I can't think off the top of my head one, one crazy time that stands out. I'm sure there is, you know, you know, you guys know me, there's still some good ones, but uh, yeah, who knows? You know, it's just the whole the whole lifestyle, and just yeah, looking back on the 
cool places that I got to go and uh, people I got to meet. And, you know, like even like Australia always stands out for me just because it's, you know, such a cool place and the people were so awesome. And it's just a whole different world over there. Um, you know, me and Ty got to go over there one year uh, together and kind of the whole country and Zane, you know, you know, I had some, tons of good times with um, Zane Lambert. Um, yeah, just, you know, Douglas and Stormy Wing and JB and the whole crew that, you know, we got to live kind of like rock stars for a lot of years, you know, and um, nothing mattered and, and uh, we were just riding bulls. Like, you, know, you look back on that when you're 50 years old, you can be like, holy shit, man, that was, that was pretty wild to have that mindset that, that we all kind of had. Did did you get the tattoo, the mustache tattoo on your finger? I'm not remembering. Or was that just No, tat- I never did it. I never had any tattoos. I got a couple brands. Uh, oh, those yeah. guys were all about the tattoos. I was like, no, I got brands. I'm tapping but what a dumb idea that was. But anyway, uh, I didn't get the, the mustache tattoos because I was against tattoos at that point for some reason. And I only <laughs> have one tattoo. And it was like, you know, that saying that Ty got on his side from yeah, that, Teddy, uh, Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt one. Yeah. Yeah. He has the start of that quote about the, or has the start of that quote about the man in the arena. And the, it's, yeah. not, it's not the critic to count. And I got the, the end of that quote in the same spot on my side in that same spot. And it says, his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls, you know, victory nor defeat. And uh, I thought that was kind of cool and fitting to, to tie in his life you know he lived it all and left everything out there uh to hang you know he, he lost anyone at all levels so yeah i thought that was uh fitting to his life and my life and uh so that's the only tattoo that i got so yeah tell tell the story about the the motrin since we're both show together <laughs> And we're talking it's a pretty fa- it's a pretty famous story <laughs> yeah. in the rodeo world now i want to hear oh, your God. side of it Okay, I'll tell you exactly what happened. I think if I can remember right, but yeah, that looking back, it's probably not that funny because you did actually get hit in the head, and shit. So it's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't make fun of me now. Yeah, don't so, yeah, we made fun of you for it. But anyway, yeah, so we're driving. We were all night from Airdrie, I think, to uh, well, we were just, we were in Williams Lake the next day, but yeah. whenever Ty got to go home, it was like we had to be there. Um, Three days you know, early. right now. So for yeah. some reason, we drove all night. Yeah, we had a day uh, off the to, next day. Yeah, to go to his parents' place so that we could rewire his spurs and just whatever. He's on the balls, you know. And uh, so, yeah, we get in the truck, get rolling, we're all taking our shifts. Ted gets behind the wheel. Was, no, you didn't even get behind the wheel yet. We're like, hey, Ted. Yeah, I was still sleeping. I from the back seat. Old, you're like, no, guys, I can't, I can't drive. We're like, well, how can you drive? Well, that's part of the game, bud. You gotta drive. We're all driving. Like, no, I had a couple motions there a couple hours ago. I'm still feeling it. Like, oh, <laughs> aren't motions non-drowsy? <laughs> oh yeah, what? like they're like I was half asleep, and somebody asked if I could drive. I was like, no, I can't. I just took two motions, and I was yeah half asleep and half concussed and you know, tuckered out. He was just half being a useless tit that didn't want to drive. <laughs> And that was just the only excuse that he could think of that came into his head, and it was a terrible one. So yeah, that was had bad. To never let him live it down ever again. You've done that a few times. Where still, you- not much has changed. Yeah, not much has changed on the road with Teddy, man. <laughs> I usually get all the graveyard shit shifts, oh, and he's just shit. snoozing. Uh, I was probably a good thing, man. You don't want to drive tired or 
anything like that. So you're probably on the right track, but Who knows? definitely in the, the cowboy mindset, it wasn't the right place. It wasn't good. <laughs> well, and then like that was quite the weekend because then the next night after Williams Lake, that's the night that, you, that we lost Max. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, yeah, June 30th. Uh, I was the next day, and then, yeah, we got the call that um, the plane had went down up north, and we lost Mac, Ray, and Cam, and Danny. And, yeah, you were right there for all that. Just uh, crazy, crazy, sad, terrible, life-changing time for uh, everyone involved, myself. Uh, yeah, it was was uh, was quite the time. But, yeah, I could go in, like, you know, for people that don't know, I guess, uh, Cam and Wade Cooper, um, Max Clooney, who's my brother-in-law, uh, Rusty and Sharon Clooney's son, um, and Daddy Mantico, who is married to um, my wife Megan, uh, Megan's cousin. Uh, so all in the family right there. And, and uh, Wade and Rusty Clooney are uh, their best friends. So uh, they went on a fishing trip up in northern Saskatchewan, and on the way home, uh, their plane crashed, and they all passed away. So... Uh, yeah, I was right on that um, June 30th on that uh, Pinoca weekend. Rusty was out in Pinoca. I was in Williams Lake, and uh, yeah, the next days following were were um, yeah, unreal, you know. And, and uh, I flew home fast as I could. Everybody else got home, and we all kind of hunkered in. And um, you know, at that 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 time of my life, really, it, it changed everything for me. It changed my whole aspect, and I think that's kind of when you're your heart grows 10 sizes and you realize that uh, you're not just the only one that, that matters in the world, you know, in your own head as a young, young bull rider, um, really open it up that there's a lot bigger things in the world than, than worrying about getting bucked off a bull or, or, um, a bad day or, you know, it, it was, it just gave me the, the total aspect that, um, that it can all be taken away from me in a, in an instant and, uh, try to just live every day to the fullest and, and, uh, go at it as best as you can and so you see the max power sticker that that i've worn on me you know ever since that day uh, and that's in memory of of max and yeah he was 15 years old and uh just a just a great great kid with a big huge heart and drive and desire to do whatever he wanted and you know he was that was all taken away from him and, and from his family and it's just a heart-wrenching story that that uh we've all used uh, to to now to grow and and uh, you know I've became very very close with Rusty and Sharon and um, obviously my wife Megan and, and Allie and the whole Clooney clan and um, we all kind of leaned on each other and, and uh, still definitely struggle with it every day but uh, definitely have each other and, and know that we got each other's backs through through thick and thin. Did did having that happen at all? Did did it change anything when when? Ty passed away just like you're already down and you got kicked again. What that, how did you deal with that? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just a crazy world, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, losing, you know, Ty at that point, it really, it, it really messed with me. I'll tell you that because, um, he was, he was, traveling with us when we got the news of that, that Max had passed away. And, um, and then when he came back up to PA and, and seen Rusty and Megan and everybody for the first time, like he couldn't handle it, you know, like he, it was just, how does he deal with this? How is this going to, you know, and 
uh, like totally um, out of his element and just like we all are, but it just, I remember it affecting him. And, and, uh, and so when he um, took his own life, that was kind of why when I was like, well, what's uh, you know, like I, doesn't make sense because I I know how much he's seen everybody hurt and, and and I could think of his mom and he knew he would know how much it hurt them and it just kind of another piece of the the puzzle and evidence that uh, his mind wasn't working right you know and and um, there was something going on in there deeper than than anybody knew just just from from knowing him and and knowing his his heart and and. Um, how that would affect everybody, you know, and, and seeing it firsthand with Max and everything. So that part of it really, really messed with me. And, you know, a lot, there's so many aspects of it that, that mess with me still to this day. And you, you like, you know, there's not a day or a minute really that goes by anymore that I don't think about Ty or, or Max or any of them. But I think, uh, I think with, with Ty, my way of uh, coping with it was through the foundation and, and trying to try to keep his honor alive and, and make it, a better sport and a better Western lifestyle, a better world for everybody else that, you know, that um, seeing what he had to go through and, and not wanting that to, to happen to to other people or and to not have anywhere to turn to and, um, you know, just feel like they're fighting it alone. That was, that was my way of dealing with it was just to put my head down and try to get to work and do the best I could for others and, and, and ties of honor. Cause I know that that's what, what he would have wanted and, and um, wished for, and um, you know, and, and Luke and Leanne, you know how much we love them, and um, just try to just try to turn a negative into a positive the best way we could. Well, it's pretty remarkable what the foundation has become in such a short amount of time. The changes brought along, like you mentioned, the event you planned uh, last fall, and it turned out to be a smashing success. And just like I said, it kind of started that conversation that needed to happen within rodeo. For sure, and I've I've said in a few um, different interviews and whatnot of of how the the world was kind of changing at the time uh, with football and hockey and, and concussions, um, but I think what we were able to do was was really fast forward it for the rodeo world. We were still behind the eight ball and, and kind of sticking behind it, and um, and then when you lose a guy like Ty, you know you you lose your Sydney Crosby. Or, best guy you got going. He just won the championship and started at the world finals or yeah, third I think he win. Um so yeah, it was it was like if this can happen to him, this can happen to any one of us. So let's get our heads uh screwed on straight and really think about this and understand you know, the effects that they have, that concussions have and, and mental health and mental illness. And uh let's let's bind together and, and make this lifestyle a better lifestyle and, and we don't have coaches or teams or support by any which means so uh we kind of had to do that for each other and lean on each other and that's where the foundation came into play with uh education and and uh, just being that that group that was there for everybody that needed it everybody and anybody that that just needed an ear or uh, needed help to get to the right help uh or go to the right place to get the right test and um, just, you know, work stuff out that, that needed to be worked out that um, in previous years and in the past has got thrown out of the table until some um, drastic happens like something with Ty. So, um, you know, I think we've kind of worked, we're working on ending that stigma 
um, obviously open and and uh, ready to help and, and talk with anybody that needs it and um, be there for for everybody. What do you think has been the biggest win for the foundation so far since it began? I think just like it, it's not one win; it's it's all the wins. You know, hundreds and hundreds of people that you know uh, uh, quietly have have came forward and and got help with without anybody knowing or, or having to share with the rest of the world um, what's happened. You know, they, it's it's they couldn't uh, couldn't tell you the amount of people that have that have came in and, and just um, reached out and realized that they were going through what Ty was going through and were able to um, get the help that was needed and go on to live um, long and successful lives that, you know, they might not have been able to do if, if what happened to Ty didn't happen. So I think it's, it's as well as for Luke and Leanne, seeing the results and, and the people and, you know, it's every few days you'll see a post on the internet of somebody thanking uh, the foundation or the Western Sports Foundation for the help that they were too nervous to get and when they finally got it it changed their lives you know so um, I think that on top of uh, sports medicine team just being on the ball and and stepping up to the plate uh, working with us to to get to every single PBR Canada event off the start and now going into youth events and rodeo events, you're just seeing um, them flow into to every aspect of the Western lifestyle, whether it be jumping or horse events, or you know they're 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 wanting to to be that um, the team doctor, so to speak. You know that that other um, sports have, you know, and, and we don't have uh, the funding or, or owner or anything like that to to fund the certain doctor team, you know, for, for each player, but we can uh, work with Canadian for rodeo sports medicine team and, and have that constant database across all realms of rodeo uh, to make sure that nobody slips through the cracks, kind of like Ty did. And, and just to be there for, for all the guys, you know, you, you break your leg and you're out for a long time. Um, people start forgetting about you, you know, and, and that wears on a guy on his head and whatnot. Right. So, um, the Western Sports Foundation has helped in that way. The Ty Osborne Foundation. Um, there's been so many huge and great changes um, in the sport for the for the people in the sport all around it. Um, that I 100% personally do believe um, started with Ty. So he can he can um, rest knowing that that uh, he's changed the world for the better. What what's coming up next for the foundation too? We we probably have some more videos in the works, and it's kind of been mostly an off year this year. But people have still been reaching out and buying merchandise yeah. and doing a few things. But but tell tell people what's on the, on the radar. What's coming next? Yeah, you know, obviously our merchandise uh, still rolling heavily with that. I got a bunch of cool t shirts and and um, hats and stickers and decals and all sorts of stuff like that and. Uh, we're working towards uh, more videos, more educational videos that are coming out. Everything right now is so hard to to work around because there's nobody in office or, or you know working normal hours that are able to to do the things that that we normally can get done. So, and I think that's just kind of all over the all over the world. But um, yeah, working on those videos. Uh, there'll be a few more of those coming out. It'll be a ten part series. So we're getting getting into those a little bit more. And, and the the sports medicine team and Brandon Tony and um, Tori and, and uh, you know, Blaine Bug, the whole crew, they've all been um, really working to get the right people involved with those and make sure that those videos 
are the best for everybody to, to see uh, and learn from. Uh, you know, working on some, some business one-on-one classes still um, to try to try to work out, uh, you know, money management, um, you know, kind of like a college course towards um, life after bull riding type of thing. So there's tons and tons in the works. Obviously, it all takes takes money. Um, still funding the, the sports medicine team to, to go do as much and as many uh, things as possible. Uh, to make sure that all the participants are taken care of inside and outside the arena. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of work, as you guys know. You're a huge huge integral cog in the system that keeps it running. And uh, for everybody out there uh, that doesn't know, there's you know there's not a whole bunch of us that that are a part of it, and, and nobody's taking money into the pocket or a, uh, or, a or a salary from it by any means. Everything goes back to uh, Western sports participants inside and outside the arena. So, um, just keeping uh, keeping fundraising initiatives going and making sure that we can keep this keep this rolling and, and keep helping everybody that needs the help. So, hopefully, the event again in the in the fall before the finals too in Saskatoon. Hopefully, we can still do that and just keep it yeah, rolling. Yeah. So eh? that was our our first year was the, of the Ty Posbon Foundation Sportsman's Banquet and brought in the. Curtis Lecician came and, and donated his time and, and told his story and had a big supper and sold tables and, and had a great night with Scott Burns, the MC, and uh, just an all-around great crew there to, to make sure that the night was a success and had a live auction, silent auction. We were able to raise a bunch of money and looking at it now, a really good thing that we were able to, to pull that off and have it be successful, right, for, for how slow everything's been this year and tough things have been this year, but yeah, we're rolling, and, and uh, you know we still have the support. And people uh, getting the merch, and um, still, you know, every day working towards uh, taking care of the guys inside and outside the arena. So, uh, still rolling, still working hard, and, and uh, making sure everybody's good. You got lots on the go too, Tanner. Like besides these events you're working on and uh, and bullfighting, you're also now working as an agent for a few different guys with uh, with Jason with 3D bull riding. Yeah, yeah, that's been a that's been a fun one, you know. And, and uh, Jason kind of came to me after I was done um, riding, and and uh, he's a busy guy, and he's big into uh, the NHL with all of his hockey players, and and he's been with Zane and Aaron, and uh, you know, a few guys for forever, and you know, a conversation, and you know, with with what I was able to do out throughout through my career on my own of the endorsement deals and sponsorship that I had. Um, you know, he just kind of came to me and figured that it might be a good idea to try to take that over and, and help some of these guys that, that need the help that are, you know, very successful guys that maybe just, um, don't know how to go about, uh, getting endorsements and sponsors. And, and that's so huge, right? Is helping, um, helping you get down the road and, and having success is you need that, that income to, to keep you, keep you afloat. So, yeah, I just, I figured, you know, I, I kind of know the game. I know lots of people in the game, and uh, it's something that always intrigued me. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to, another way to help out, you know, guys that are close to me um, with some of the knowledge that I have. So I got a good good group of guys um, that I represent, and, you know, Zane Lambert, Dick Gardner, Brock, Radford, Ronnie West, Jordan Hanson, Jared Parsonage, uh, Zeke Thurston. Uh, Jason's got all the rights. Um, yeah, it's it's cool. We got like 
I don't even I can't remember now how many world championships it is, but it's a crazy amount of, of world champions and Canadian champions uh in the three D bull riding realm. So it's a way that I can that I can help uh companies uh come on board and advertise for themselves and help the guys um you know, get themselves down the road. So it's fun, it's it's busy, it's it's definitely uh just like anything you take on, uh it takes up a lot of time and a lot of effort, but it's it's fun, it's rewarding, and uh, it's it's uh, keeps the guy busy, and uh, hopefully we can keep the guys having a bunch of success. <clears throat> well, Tanner, looks like we're getting close to the end here. We're gonna finish off with our last question. We ask all of our guests, "What is your definition of cowboy shit?" <laughs> My definition of cowboy shit. I don't know. Life, man. For me, like, <laughs> cowboy shit's life. That's every day. I feel like whenever I go out do anything, it, it seems like cowboy shit to everybody else. But I think that's just everyday normal stuff for, for guys like us. <laughs> yeah, right on. Fair enough. Yeah, thanks, man. I think we've covered most of it. Eh? I, I'm, I, I, we didn't get into like some of like the bull riding side of things, but how about... How about we, how about, like, you were one of the only fucking guys to ride Slash. Not a lot of people talk about that, but, like, you won the average, and you were, like, 19 at the CFR, and you fucking rode Slash to finish that off. Like, what about a most memorable ride, like, getting digging down deeper on the bull riding side of things? Yeah, uh, that one's memorable, now that you bring it up. I My memory's so terrible anymore. I don't know. Too many hits, obviously, too, but uh, the Slash ride... Uh, CFR was cool because he was retiring. That was his last out, and he'd never been rode at a rodeo. rodeo been rode yeah. at PBRs, but never yeah. rode at a rodeo. I think was the deal. So yeah, I, I, I rode him, and that I rode six for six um, that year to win the average again. So yeah, like that was so cool to me because the CFR was so huge. And you know, when you're a kid and there's you have all your dreams, but I mean, who knows how high you're gonna get. I didn't ride very good when I first came to the CPRA, so I I lowered my goal to just try to make the CFR. And then when I got there and I was able to have success there, that's kind of what gave me that confidence back again that, okay, I can't compete with the best in the world at the highest level. And so that kind of got me back to drink goals again. So, yeah, the CFR was um, Calgary. I was 90 in the four round at Calgary. Went, um, Pop that Evil. one stands out to me. Pop Evil, yeah, that was a cool one. Um, did Didn't you lose by half a point to Shane Proctor on Bombs Away? JB. JB on Bombs Away. Okay. And Ty was... my money. He beat me by, like... Uh, this is a funny story. You'll like this if you got time. But the four round that year was me, JB, um, JW Harris, and Pazabon. And we rode... We all four of us rode. JB won it. I went second. I don't think anybody was less than 88. And I think Data was third and then Posse was fourth. But we were all amped up, me and Ty. And we were like, yeah, like kids, 19-ish or something. Didn't really know JB or JW at that time. So we're sitting in the room. We're like with our back numbers. And me and Ty are like, let's get all four of us to to sign them. You know, let's go ask JB and JW to sign our, our back numbers for us. And so I signed his. I signed my own. He signs his own. We pass them to each other. We sign each other's. And then both of us were too nervous to ask JV or JW to sign our backups. And you just about, yeah. like, you lost, you lost to him. Like, you just about beat his ass for 100 grand, and you were too scared to ask him for his autograph on your <laughs> yeah. back number. Yeah. 
So we just signed each other's, and I, I actually have uh, my back number, and now I have his back number from that year, too. So that's a pretty cool memory. You got to get that up on the wall. Oh, man. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, I just yeah. got I just got to ask one more thing about uh, about like winning that winning on the Bill Ford Tough Series. W- winning in Anaheim would have been cool with your connection with Josh Manson, but then like to win not one or two but three, got to be a kind of a special thing. And then I got to finish off by asking too what you thought about being in that top ten list and being uh, one of the only active guys to make the list. You might be the only one that's active to have made that list. No, besides Aaron, you and Aaron, but yeah, but Aaron, still. Yeah. Two quick things there, and then we'll wrap it up for real this time. Oh, that's fine. Uh, yeah, the uh, wins on the Elite Series level uh, were the highlights of my career, I would say. Um, there's, you know, like growing up, there was, you know, that you there was there wasn't any Canadians really on tour, you know, other than Aaron, and there, you know there was guys that would go back and forth. Um, so it was it's just such an elite level. It's just the the best of the best, right? And um, me and Ty, I talked about it so many times that knowing that there was like that curse, and at that time it was like ten years or something, right? So we we're like that was our goal, right? It was to to go and do that. And he'd win second at a few, and I won second at like my first three events or something that I went to, and uh, so that gave me some confidence. But then, yeah, it took like so long and you kind of it's hard up there it's hard to explain but it's like you kind of just get in a, a routine and it's, it's such a high level that you're kind of like you're okay with top fives and you know top tens and and stuff like that right so um it was just something that, that we all wanted to do and then finally anaheim was just everything kind of came together i wasn't i didn't have a bunch of a you know like like i'd have times where i was you know 88 88 and 88 and not win you know three in a row and uh so there was like uh anaheim i was a couple lower scores it was like 81 or something 85 it's just i was the only guy to stay on four so it just kind of rolled in and, and worked out the way that it needed to be and it's such it was such a good time of year because it's you're you're fighting for a spot everybody starts fresh and you only have a guaranteed amount of events for making the world finals before that you have to take advantage of or else you get cut Right, so it's always such a pressure-filled time, and that was kind of coming down to the end of of staying on tour, and then if you know you have a win and it bumps you in the top ten or whatever it might be. So that first one was cool. My family was down there. I had such a so many ties with Anaheim itself, uh, with Josh Manson being there and and us growing up together, and then you know him finding his professional career there and me having my first win there, and you know and they blew it out of the water for years and years after that too. Right, I would always do the PR there. It was just so many fun memories of, of Anaheim and the Honda Center and with Josh and stuff that you'll look back on forever that is, is very, very cool that most people don't get to live. And then, yeah, it kind of just rolled back after that. I had confidence and was ready to roll and uh, won Duluth, Georgia after that. And then, uh, yeah, I had a great year. And uh, I don't know what year it was, but I think it was, I don't know if it was that year or not, but I yeah 16. finished eighth in the world. Yeah, yeah. 15th that year. And then that one year I went finished eighth in the world was my that was 15 yeah because you and were good, fourth at the world, world finals. finals yeah and then you didn't even get on your yeah. last long john you were, your back was all messed yeah. up yeah so you could have yeah, like yeah. you could have won the shit and finished even higher but yeah didn't even get on that last bowl yeah that's pretty cool and then the win in st louis was so easy because it was after all my injuries and after losing tie and you, you know you just your mind is so gone and i didn't even know if i could ride at that level you know let alone 
win with the shape that my body was in at the time and just struggling, you know, and, and, you know, for me, like after tie-dye, it was so hard to even hang my rope up in the locker room, you know, nothing just, nothing felt the same. Right. So, uh, St. Louis, I'd flown right from Hawaii. I was on a trip with my family, flew overnight, no sleep, no nothing, rolled in there, rode, uh, get a call that my grandpa had passed away. Um, try to go get some sleep. The next proof is at one in the afternoon, the next day, roll back into that. You know, you just, it's kind of like when you, you know, I, you guys know, like as an athlete, when things are happening, you're not even really understanding what's happening. You're just kind of going along with it. And that was definitely like one of those times that look back and it's like, Holy man, that's pretty wild. I don't even know how, how that all kind of played out, but yeah, I got the win there. And one thing, right. I had lost all my sponsors at that time. And, uh, was cut from tour and that got me right back on tour, got me back up into the top, whatever, 15 or something like that. I got the sponsors back and set me up for another year or so on tour again. So yeah, the, those, those wins, um, I, think I hold those higher than a Canadian championship. I hold those at the, the highest level, um, of, of what I was able to accomplish in my career, just because it, you didn't beat, um, you know, 20 guys or 30 guys in Canada, you beat everybody in the world that day, you know, that weekend, everybody in the, in the whole entire world, that's the highest level of sport. Right. So for that, that's, that's always um, debatable by, by anybody's means, but um, I always just had the goals and, and wanted to, to not be the best Canadian. I wanted to be the best bull rider in the world. Right. So, um, always was, was just trying to go big and, and, and win at those highest levels. So when, when you have goals like that and you're able to um, accomplish them, it's just, it's just a, such a great feeling that, that, I'll, uh, that I'll have forever. Well, and then just making that list too, just to finish. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing, right? Like um, a guy could, uh, I don't know, it kind of always goes back to big fish in a small pond or small fish in a big pond, in my opinion. And uh, there was many, many a days where I was the tiniest fish in that big pond and terrified of um, the bulls and the guys I was riding against and felt like I was out of my element. And I just worked and worked and worked until I um, found success and didn't give up and, and you know, was able to, to be one of the best bull riders in the world for a few years. So um, making that list, and, and, and I totally agreed with your list on, the, the world stage um, that's you know that's a total different element than um, the Canadian stage in, in my opinion and anybody that's that's rode down there or competed down there I think would would agree with it right so it's just uh, such a bigger pool and, and um, it's not just uh, a certain amount of people it's everybody in the whole entire world so I think uh, if you're going to be the best or claim to be the best you you better uh, do it against everybody in the world. Well, and what some folks might not realize or might not understand the the gravity of it, but it's fucking lonely out there when you're on your own down there every weekend. You got to fly through the airports. Like it's a fucking grind to go and oh, yeah. do that, isn't it? Like it's a real yeah, job. You're on your own, and that uh, you know it's like oh, you're riding at the highest level, and it's like well, you know, you're not making a bunch of money, you, you know, unless you're in the top five or you got some good sponsors or you're, you're you know winning every weekend like a jb or just lockwood you know but yeah it's just a grind man and it's it's hard to to do that 
then you're, you know, I'd leave on a, on a Thursday uh, and be home on a Monday or Tuesday and I'm flying all across North America, you know, like um, it's, it's tiring. It's wears you out. You're, you're on the best bowls every weekend. So uh, you're not just, if you get one road, you're not just um, through a nice one, <laughs> you know, you yeah. have to ride your ass off to get something road. So it's just like anything, in my opinion, it's like, uh hockey football any other sport you try to work your way up the the ways um the levels of the sport and uh i and yeah to me uh, that's where i always wanted to be was at the highest level right and same with jordan Anthony, you know going to the nfr like that's that's huge that is you know dakota butter same thing world finals like it those guys can now look back and say they went for it they did everything they could and when their careers are over they'll know that they went and did it and and tried and even guys that don't make it at least that make the finals or anything like that at least they went and tried but i'd rather i'd rather be able to sit back and say i tried i gave it everything i had and went for it instead of saying oh yeah i could have done that i just didn't want to go that hard i had other stuff to do yeah you know that's that's chicken shit if you ask me i mean if you really thought you could do that you could have or you should have you know so um yeah no, i know that was everybody that i looked up to and that was just my um goals and that's why i went and did it and yeah i'm, I'm definitely proud of it um other people probably have different goals but i'm proud of it because that's what i set out to do and i was able to, to do that right other than win a world title or a world finals uh championship um i i succeeded in all the goals uh, that i have competing at the highest level so yeah i Tons of fun and, and uh, yeah, super proud of, of my bull riding career and uh, always happy that I always let it all hang out there every chance that I have. Thanks for doing this, Tanner. This was awesome. That was awesome. Good chatting with you, Tanner. Yeah. yeah, sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, no worries. We'll catch up again soon. Have fun at the bull riding uh, tomorrow night, technically, when yeah. the show comes out. <laughs> there you go. We'll send it. Okay, Tanner. Thanks, buddy. All right. See you guys. Thanks again to our guest, Mr. Tanner Byrne, for joining episode 69. Nice. <laughs> With Ted and Wasey. It's been a good, uh, good <clears throat> been a good night. Eddie. Been a good pod. Been a good uh, good get-together, you know. we had As per usual. Had a couple whisks, and you had a beer? Had a pint. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a huge, like, mixed drink fellow. How about the, the brackets lately on Sportsnet with all the, like, brackets they've done for all the food and beverages haven't seen them on the fan 960 i don't listen in. i'm oh. never up early enough <clears throat> it's been i'm unemployed I have fun <laughs> employment life it's been they've been pretty good they've been pretty enjoyable i might so. I have to get up early tomorrow so maybe i'll listen they're on a cocktail binge right now or they were the last time i was so would you, would you but would you consider like a ryan coca cocktail no, they call that a highball okay sweet. cocktails is like caesars bellinis uh sangria margaritas highballs would be like rum and coke Vodka and Coke, yeah, I'm, vodka uh, high highballs aren't my favorite. I get like heartburn no? shit from them. Yeah, and I I've, I've been drinking too much cola lately, but, but I, I don't love drink like an old fashioned. Way. I'll drink a million of those. That was in there on the on their list. That's Moscow an elite, Mule. elite cocktail. Mm-hmm. I think the margarita is quite. I bet you the the margarita could win. It's pretty delightful. Yeah, I think it's more universal. Not very many. Plus, it's an upper, not a downer, because it's tequila. 
Whiskey's not a downer for me, anyways. Whiskey is a total depressant. But but I always like have a great as, time. As far as <laughs> as far as alcohols go, tequila is actually the only like upper that's in alcohol. As far yeah, as cool. I know, it's kind of neat. I like well, and like uh, a margarita is more universal. Like more people like yeah. It's you can be like anybody Worldwide. anybody and just like have a margarita and enjoy it. Whereas like an old fashioned, you have to have like a taste have have for like bourbon, for, for whiskey, or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, it's a tough play. Speaking of having taste. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how's how's dating in COVID? It sucks. <laughs> so hard, man. It's episode 69, so I thought I better check it yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, it's it's I don't even know how to describe it, man. It's such it's so hard like it's hard enough for me to meet a girl when things were normal. Yeah. And then you throw this into it, it's even harder like just throw a big wrench like into the cha- it. It just like throw you, a stick in your spokes. Yeah, for lack of a better term. Yeah, literally put a stick in my own spokes. <laughs> <laughs> Cut your own. And my new, my new bike. Um, I don't know, man. Even like at the bars now, like you can't like mingle. So like the, you can't just like meet a person, somebody at a bar now. Or so out it's out gone the town. completely online. To yeah, Tinder and, and the then gram. you, then you're on, t- and like I'm on Tinder, and then you meet. And I'm on Bumble, and I'm on Plenty of Fish. And I'm, I'm just on Tinder. I'm just on Tinder. Okay, just, just on Tinder. Tinder. Strictly yeah, a not, Tinder guy. Which people is, have got married off Tinder, so there's there's hope. Yeah, but it's like, anyways, it's like. You match with a girl on Tinder and you try to talk to her and, and it she just, doesn't talk it, back. Well, she does it, for one, they won't answer you. Two, you're trying to, you're <laughs> sitting there cultivating fucking conversation. It's like, hey, how's your day going? They're like, not bad. You, it's like, a lot oh. of work. And now they, I'm like, around. oh, not much. Just hanging out, doing this and that. And the other, like, what are you up to? Yeah. Oh, not much. And then you're like, do you want to hang out? And they're like, oh, I'm busy. Sorry, bye. But they don't say yeah. bye. They just ghost you because that's how you do things now. Probably. Yeah. So, um, man. not really much of an update. It's hard. Yeah. Man. So. I don't know, man. I think it. I'm at a weird place too, where it's like, I would be open to like a serious relationship. Yeah. But I'm also extremely selfish with my own time. Yeah. Where I enjoy, I really enjoy it. Like I'm. You're doing. I, you're doing biking. And just you, doing. I'm just doing what I want. I'm just like yeah. honestly, I am living my best life. <laughs> man, this is like, is this this is the fourth year we've done podcasts in now, like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Yeah. And I think that's one of the few times i've heard you use that phrase i but i am dude man i like i get up in the morning i at the crack of 10 get the crack of <laughs> 9 36 <laughs> but actually i'm usually up by like 8 30 and I lay around to like 9 30 anyways yeah. whatever Take, checking, checking out the socials gram. and stuff but mm-hmm. um but like i don't know man i go on hikes i go ride my bike i exercise i get to play hockey now play sports yeah it's nice to be back to playing hockey you got you got a couple skates in yeah my knee feels nice really good back. so i'm i'm laughing dude it's pretty sweet i play call of duty with my friends it just yeah it's kind of like a nice way because like heading into my last semester of school like it's kind of my, my summer of freedom before i have to like get Gotta to the real get a real job get to the real world yeah Gotta so pay off all those student loans yeah exactly so yeah no it's good man so but the dating the dating side is really hard. Not much to report. Nothing to report. Okay. She's pretty dry. Okay. Unfortunately. So, so if you're on Tinder, if you're one of those girls on Tinder. My DMs are open. His on DMs are Instagram. open. And if you're already talking to him, please don't ghost him. Just give him a chance. If you see him in real life, give me a smooch. You might surprise him. <laughs> uh, uh. So Stampede was canceled. What do you miss most about no Stampede? The dating life around Stampede? The vibes. The vibes going back to our vibe it's just like i whatever i it's like one of those things especially now like living in calgary for as long as i have now yeah just like how the whole city just love like buys into it like yeah everybody and their freaking dog is like 
wearing a cowboy hat or yeah and it's cool it's like the whole downtown like it's pretty busy as it is but, but it just it comes alive like there's tents everywhere there's breakfast yeah. like people so are having neat, a good time like i think it's so cool is how like the western way of life is at the forefront of everybody's mindset yeah. for 10 days straight. and the, the whole city it's super the premier cool. part of that yeah hell yeah, yeah. it's and what's well, centered yeah. around like the rodeo and the chuck wagons like it's super yeah. cool it's and and the it biggest gives, events for like a part-time rodeo fan or like a, per, a non-conventional rodeo fan you have access to the best athletes yeah. in the world you get to watch you get to watch and it would be like it's it's super cool that's what i miss the most about it yeah it's kind of it makes me sad that way yeah i, w- I was on the park there the day it would have kicked off when felipe rode into yeah. town which was cool to see that be there and see him do that and finish his journey. And I got to say, the mayor made a horrible speech. He was oh, really? terrible. Yeah. The it fireworks really show was legit, though. Oh, I'm looking forward to the fireworks on Sunday. I forgot about that. That's going to be, yeah, you saw it on Friday. We, I'll, leave you guys a key. I'll leave you guys a key to my place. You guys can go watch from my balcony. We'll go check it out. Yeah, that'll be fun. So, uh, yeah, man, I miss the people, miss being around everybody. I'm really hoping that this shitstorm blows through so we can get back for yeah. next year. Because I'm, I mean, it was weird. It was eerie that it was just there was a few of us there, but it was empty, and you know, mm-hmm. it was kind of hot sitting in those seats at one thirty when the rodeo was supposed to be kicking off. It's like, fuck, this is. It's not a vibe. No, there's no vibes. Yeah, no vibes. So I don't. We won't go too far into that. Um, but what we do have coming up for those that are still listening, it'll be top of the show once we get this thing rolling, which will be by the next show, which will be by episode seventy, and we already have a. A guest lined up, I think, or we got a couple in the works, so we're cool. Got a few on the way, but anyways, we got some merch on the way for Cowboy. Oh baby, got three different. Th- and there's been hats, some people some asking hoodies. about merch. Oh really? I don't know. I have some really? people, yeah, because like people have seen like our first round of shirts. Yeah, and they always ask finally me like, "Where our, can I get one? Where can I get one?" Finally, gave our editor Sean Morton his a sh- a shirt the other day, yesterday mm-hmm. when he came by. First time he had got one. My bad. Sorry, Sean. But, anyways. Uh, it'll be in a few stores. It's going to be in Western Stockman and Lethbridge. You'll be able to find it online at cowboyshit.ca when the time we're gonna comes. We're going to have what? Hats, hats t-shirts, and, and hoodies? Hats, t-shirts, and sweaters. No hood. It's not a bunny hug. It's just a sweater. Okay. I like that. No hoods in this round, but we might do hoods down the road. We don't know. We're just doing... Yeah. Well, a big shout out to Storm for doing some yeah. design work for us. Yeah. That's she huge. Got, she had a lady in uh, Chicago build these first couple designs and then... For the hats, we just slapped the, some lo- a logo on a hat. I, I did that. I think, and I think it's cool because, like, thanks to that, Bill at Stormfront, that phrase, like, people can res- like, that's gonna do well. That phrase, the cowboy I hope so. shit, like, yeah, I think it's gonna do well. We're getting it trademarked right now. Sick. Spending some money with the lawyers, getting that rolling. So, that's kind of cool. Shit's too. happening. Yeah, we're just doing stuff, you know. Back, back rolling, selling some boots, selling some silver. You know, you can get your 2020 Calgary Stampede buckle. It's a collector's item. They're at Lamley's. It is a collector's item. Check them out. They're almost Damn. sold out. If you don't have one yet, uh, I don't know. Boots, Canada West boots. Check us out. Brahma boots, Morby. Got some good stuff. Check us out at your local retailer, CanadaWestBoots.com. <laughs> um, I got nothing to sell. Yeah, just my body. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll wrap up episode <laughs> sixty-nine. This has been Cowboy Shit with Ted Stoven. I'm Ted Stoven. And he's Wacy Anderson. Adios. It's been Cowboy Show Ted and Wacy, 69th show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>